0: A welcome back to the latest United Pubcast A very much a Christmas podcast Hopefully you listen to this over an enjoyable Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner Whatever one you and your family do But Larry, uh, we'll start off with a Merry Christmas Even though it might be a day early um, We'll get the festiv- festivities out of the way
1: Yeah, Merry Christmas Eve, mate oh, um, I don't know about you, but look, I think everyone can resonate with this It's been a
0: long hell of a year And I'm definitely looking forward to some downtime yeah, no, definitely. It does go very quick. But the good thing about the Christmas period, regardless of the situation the world finds itself in, the, the positive always is English Premier League football. It does come thick and fast. Well, this wasn't a Premier League game, but obviously Manchester United and football, it doesn't matter what competition, it is always very important. And we'll start with obviously, the Carabao Cup. A lot of people don't think it is an important tournament. I disagree. It, it is one I do very much enjoy and I do sort of always hope United sort of go for. So we'll start on... Against the start of 11, and did Solskjaer go for it? Did Solskjaer, has he rotated with Leicester in mind? Um, How do you think he approached this game in terms of importance?
1: I think he definitely is thinking about Leicester, and I was really pleased with the lineup. Um, I thought it was a really strong team, to be honest, one that you felt could compete with Everton. It wasn't like we were versing Manchester City, who, you know, we have drawn for the semi final, but Nonetheless, you can't really complain too much. Tornzebi was in there, and I thought he actually played quite well I'm at right back, and midfield was pretty good players. You saw Vendabek get an opportunity, Pogba. I mean, imagine that. Like well, You wouldn't have said 12 months ago that Paul Pogba could be benched for the league and then come on in a quarterfinal in the League Cup, but here we are, and it just
0: shows that, yes, while the squad's not
1: perfect, there's definitely been some quality and depth added.
0: I think that's when I look back at the Leeds game, and one of the things I was so happy with Solskjaer for that Leeds game, both in his selection but also the substitutions, was there was a slight rotation against Leeds. One or two people in there, like Dan James, came in. sort of the midfield was obviously different to today's midfield. And what that rotation did was allowed this game against Everton to be, as you say, quite a... I wouldn't say full strength, but quite a strong side because Everton were pretty much full strength as well. Um, I think maybe one or two out, but obviously played calvert little through the middle, had some strong midfielders in there, so it, what the rotation did against Leeds was able to go, look here, like you just said, we played Paul Pogba in midfield, we played Bruno Fernandes, we played Edison Cavani up front, we still had Harry Maguire, we still had Eric Bay, sort of thing. So I was very happy, like I've said, I always hope United do go for the League Cup because I do think it's always a very good chance at a trophy because so many of the other big clubs don't take it seriously. However, what we'll get into at the end of the podcast is probably the two managers who do take it more serious than others are still in the competition in Pep Guardiola and obviously Jose Mourinho. But that is what we'll um, get to at the end of the podcast when we review, preview those matches. But the brilliant start, I don't know where to start with this one because against Leeds it came of a shock as well because we've been starting games so poorly. Against Leeds we found ourselves 2-0 up after three minutes. And this game here, not just the start, I would say the first 25 minutes or first half hour, I think it was the best football we have played this season. It was just so unfortunate we didn't score because I thought we were brilliant.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. i show you sentiments there. I thought United started on the front foot, which is an issue, um, you have to say, throughout the course of the season so far. But... We had, I, I'd love to see the stats for how many shots we had. Um, opportunities for Greenwood, very clear in my mind. Cavani had a few good opportunities. You've got to say it was a, a really good performance. And I think taking all into account, you, you can't complain with that, Tom. I think, yes, while the ball didn't go into the back of the net, I thought United really did start in what we've been calling for, and that's with an enthusiasm and a, a drive to really dominate the game.
0: Well, on those last two games, the Leeds match and this match against Everton, we've been calling for, like, it seems like the last two months we've conceded really early and we've, we've had poor starts to games. However, that has changed in the last two games. Has there been a difference? Obviously, the performance has been a difference, but have you seen something different? Or do you think Solskjaer has said something, he's found just a way to motivate them? Or do you think it's just the players have maybe relaxed? Because one of my criticisms, I thought, over the last couple of months was we are starting so poor. It almost felt like the players were over trying to try and not start poor, and that was almost backfiring. So what do you think the difference has been or is it just maybe a coincidence? But what do you think the difference has been in the last two games?
1: It has to be something in the mentality or the preparation because if you look at how we started against Leeds, it's it's almost a, a completely different lineup, really. If you look from midfield and beyond, it's a completely different team. So I would say that it's something the squad has addressed. Um, now, I don't know what, clearly something in their preparation wasn't right because it was, as we've seen, we, we've been starting slow. Yes, the mentality has been great in the terms of, you know, we've been able to f- force comebacks. But look, you have to say on the last two performances, um whatever it is, uh, may it continue. I think Cavani definitely helps because he's just that pure number nine where you can go direct to him. And I feel United get a little bit frustrated. And I'm, I'm keen to see what you think. United get frustrated when they can't get the ball to the forward players. Now, whether that's through a lack of quality in midfield against teams in a lower block or even to reverse that, teams who press our midfielders who might not have the quality to move or progress the ball quick enough, say a Fred, for example. Um, But with Cavani, you do have that option to hit a long ball. And it's also a player who can hold the ball up as
0: well. So a way to beat a press. I think that's one of the things. You mentioned just the ability to not go long in like a kick-and-chase sort of method, but the ability to play forward early and with it likely to stick with someone like Cavani. It just means like everyone played the game as a kid playing forcings back. Just sort of kick the ball back and so sort of you force the other team back. And if you do that, and I don't want to make it sound like a kick-and-chase, just kick it over the defence and just play the game in their half, but the more you do get the ball, it will force their defenders back. And when you force their defenders back and you give them something to think about, it enables your back four and midfield to step up. And then if they step up, well, you'll then play the game in their half. And I think if you were going to play the game in their half, it does look good, it does look positive, rather than sitting back and soaking pressure. So that's just on my next point in regards to that start and what I said I thought the first half hour was probably our best sort of first half this season. Just your thoughts on so many of Solskjaer's great performances since he has come in. Have been in a sort of a counter attack approach. We haven't criticised or say it's been perfect, however, they have come via a counter attack. However, this game, or the game against Leeds and this game against Everton, both very good performances. However, they're good performances by domination. We were the better team, we were taking the game to the opposition. Just your thought, has this just been just a bit of a coincidence of who we've played? That's how Solskjaer's approached this match differently, or do you think it might be the start of something where Solskjaer? is getting his message across and United will now start to get on the front foot rather than a counter-attacking approach.
1: You can almost draw the change in the mentality or United's approach back to the Manchester City game. While it wasn't uh, obviously the most entertaining game of football, United did start fairly positive or in a positive manner and... We've seen that carry on through every match since. Now, yes, uh, sorry, I should correct myself. There was the match against uh, Sheffield United and Southampton where we have fallen behind. But I think from the Manchester City game, I've, we've started to see that improvement where obviously we fell behind so badly against Leipzig and it has been a, a problem this season. But look, in the case of Leeds and also Everton, we do have to say that both those teams didn't sit back and try to counter United. Um and I think that definitely does play into, you know, Manchester United's hands. The other thing is, you know, I think with the the, the players are winning, right? The, our form is quite positive. So it could be one of those two things or it could be both of those factors. But obviously when you are winning, that does breed confidence. And if all you need to address is how you start games, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward thing to, to get right when everything else is going right, let alone the score sheet. So... I don't know
0: what it is, Tom, but long may it continue. I think you just—you almost stumbled upon it there. I think one of the main things is, and we completely overlook at this, overlook this, things like this, we look to sort of blame the manager or we, we look at tactics or we look at individual players. However, sometimes you just take a step back and have a real simplistic approach. I think United are just playing well at the moment. As you say, when you're playing well, that breeds confidence, and when you're confident, you're going to play better. And I think at the moment, they're just in a groove and playing well and we have good players so when good players play well we're going to dominate so I think that is where a lot of it does come down to and as you say long may continue and we'll get into the Leicester match at the end of the podcast but look they are in second we do have a game in hand on them but it is a sort of top of the table clash and from what I have seen of Leicester this season they will try and play and hopefully and quite frankly that does play into our hands so I'm very confident going into this Leicester game not only on the back of our form but the type of match it is it will be very interesting to see if Solskjaer changes his approach or not but we will go on to obviously the man we were discussing a little bit earlier and uh, we don't want to go to get into the differences between him and Marshall or whatever but just sort of what Cavani is bringing and his sort of contribution so far will be interesting when we hand out the 3 two ones, but I thought Cavani was brilliant a lot of chances did fall to him in the first half but they fell to him in ways I just felt bad for him it was unlucky like they'll fall into when in he's wrong foot, or it was just a deflection. It was falling behind him where he wanted the ball in front of him. So he's getting into great positions, but it just wasn't falling for him. But you can sort of sense that sort of predatory instinct that the striker has. And look, an absolute, I wouldn't say an unbelievable winner, but a, a huge winner at the end, a great goal. And um, just your thoughts on Cavani. One, his performance, but also sort of what he is bringing to Man United. I know he's 33, 34
1: years of age, but Tom, like, you want to talk about someone who is the definition of, like, he's the definition of fine red wine. He honestly gets better with age. He just showed his experience and maturity in how he played, and from your reference to those first half of opportunities, I'd actually turn it the other way. Instead of, it, instead of us saying he didn't make the most of him, you could almost say he's so good that he made... Half chances almost look like Full blown goal opportunities mm-hmm. Because he's got that ability to Put the ball on on his left foot Put the ball on his right foot We saw it It was on his weaker foot today That winner It was yeah. outstanding Outstanding finish And his all-round game, his, his positional play, his instincts for where the ball's going to be, he's so intelligent. And you can see that he really thinks deeply about the game on the pitch. He knows that if I, when he's in a wide position, he thinks, if I was a striker, where would I want the ball to be? We've seen those opportunities earlier this season when he's assisting for others. And again today, showing his leadership. Forget, forget what his birth certificate says about his age. He is in prime form. And got to say, his work rate. Unbelievable today. His work rate off the ball, he did not stop running all match. So there's no excuse for any other players as far as I'm concerned. An outstanding performance.
0: Well, not only that, you're, everything you say 100% agree, but my most pleasing, besides the f- fantastic winner at the end, the most pleasing thing for me, it was almost an old-fashioned game between a striker and your centre-back. They were, it was a hard battle for him. Yeri Mino was in his face, Michael Keane was kicking him from behind. He he didn't have it all his own way. It wasn't, like, the prettiest game for Cavani, but it was an old-fashioned battle between two big physical centre-halves and a big physical centre-forward, and I thought Cavani handled himself well. You saw the incident, which a lot of people focus on him and he just pushed him to the ground. Obviously, nothing in it, but obviously that was a battle between the two, and ultimately, Cavani sort of uses the experience, kept, sort of didn't let it affect his game, kept pressing, kept pressing, kept pressing, and ultimately gets the reward, so... As you mentioned, you put that down to, you mentioned the word leadership, almost the main thing or what Solskjaer's main thinking behind Cavani's arrival is that mentality, that sort of winning mentality.
1: You have to say that he's definitely taken that into account because if it was purely for getting an experienced striker, why is Igalo not even getting a look in this season? So you have to say, Cavani's been brought in, yes, he's experienced and yes, he is that different type of striker, but he's a winner, and he's a proven winner. Everywhere he's gone, he's shown that he strives to be the best. Sure, he didn't have an, an amazing amount of success at Napoli, but look at what Napoli's doing in Serie A since he's left. They've barely been relevant. They, they struggle to really compete for those Champions League positions. And then you look at what he's done at PSG. His goal record speaks for itself. Outstanding, um, you know. And obviously, him and Ibrahimovic. Um, spent long periods of time together at PSG and both of them showed unbelievable quality and we're seeing what Ibrahimovic is doing in Syria. it's an old man's competition over there, they're killing it but it just shows that with an elite mentality and players who really care and you know what Tom, like, it, it's a two-sided game without going on for too long if you think of the professionalism Cavani must have with all due respect to Wayne Rooney and look of course there's genetic factors and um, you know, um, his body type etc but if you look at Rooney he he by the time he was 28 we had, we had already seen the best of him. You're looking at Cavani's, Ibrahimovic, Cristiano Ronaldo's, these players they're well into their 30s and in Ibrahimovic's case nearly 40 and they're maintaining this high standard. And it just shows you these guys must diet well, sleep well, they're methodical in their preparation to the, to the leading up to the football match. So Cavani is a great role model in in terms of the squad, not just in what he obviously brings on the pitch, but clearly what he's doing off it.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely completely agree. And not to sort of flip this and throw any shade at your boy, but we will go on to the second striker in the team now, Anthony Martial, and just maybe have another minute or two on, I wouldn't say his performance, but again, I don't want to touch on the Leeds performance. We both thought he was brilliant without the goal. A lot of people didn't think he was. This one here, he's come on... He's got the assist for my... Was, did he get the assist for Cavani's goal? Yeah, yeah, that's an so assist. he plays the assist in for Cavani, which was a nice bit of play. He dropped in deep to get the ball off Maguire, turned... He, he's left a lot of space. It wasn't great defending by Everton, but he still did the right thing and ultimately gets the, I wouldn't say, all-important second goal, but he does get a good goal. So well, we hope this in the last game against Sheffield, you know where he scored, that it would kick on. Um, his performance did kick on against Leeds, but now it's... Do you think he has starting to maybe get a little bit of confidence now off the back of this goal hopefully i think so um and like even taking into
1: account he hasn't scored if you look at his last three games there's what five goal involvements he's got two assists against leeds he's had two involvements here and he scored the goal against sheffield united so five goal involvements in three games in my opinion is a good return and if that was bruno fernandez where lording and Clapping and saying how fantastic he is. I know he's wearing the number nine on his back, and but at the end of the day, strikers need to play their way out of out of slumps, right? And for him to and what I liked about today's goal, it was typical Anthony Martial. He got through in space and he buried it in the bottom right-hand corner, and and that is what you call the typical Anthony Martial goal. And we saw those opportunities fluffed against Leeds just a few days earlier. So look, I'm hopeful, and Solskjaer said it himself pre-match if you can get Mason scoring who had a few good opportunities today if you can get Martial back in that goal scoring form of last season on top of that Rashford's having a great season without penalties his best goal return thus far Fernandez is our leading goal scorer I believe and then you add on top of that Cavani mate 21 could be on it really could be
0: well we'll get into it obviously during January we'll do a lot of podcasts regarding sort of January transfer window and who's going to come in and obviously a lot of our attention will be around the centre-back issue but it could come just in this as I always say it's a very unique season maybe it just be a case of an old-fashioned shootout just the team who's going to score the most goals and the most dangerous attack will sort of score their way to a title we always look at defences win titles well in this weird season maybe it is the other end of the pitch that could or hopefully prove the difference because I don't think we're going to win it off the back of our defence but if you do look at our attacking options um Look, the evidence is there. Um, very good, strong, very strong case that we do have the strongest attack. Now, another good problem. A good time to do three, two, ones because we don't have to scrape the bottom of any barrels. There are plenty of candidates for the points this week. Um, but I'm sure while there are plenty of candidates, there will be a bit of discussion here. So I'll th- I won't give you the honours. I'll give us the full three points. But I'll go. I'll open the floor up. Who do you think for three points? Oh, oh it's a no-brainer. It's Adesan Cavani. Like like we've already
1: touched on. What he brought to the game, his work rate, but his class, Tom. Like, that goal, it looks so simple. It, like, you know, if, if you're playing a game of FIFA, you're thinking, ah, oh, that's a simple finish. But there's nothing easy about that, you know? Like, yes, you've touched on it. Everton's defending was not great. They weren't close to Cavani. They weren't close to Martial in the build-up. But the way he's finished on his weaker foot and in the context of the match, when... You know, it's approaching the end of the match. I'm sure this must have been in the 70. It would have been towards the end of the 78th, 79th minute or the early 80s before he's gotten that goal. So it's a oh, wonderful it was finish. Late. It was just before injury time. It was the 88th minute. Well, There you go. It, w- it was late in the piece. And when you take into the context, a lot of players would crack under that pressure. He's, he's finished it. Again, I thought he was fantastic. I really do. And some of the link up play with Greenwood in the first half. I mean, if any of those go into the back of the net, I'm sure we're talking about it. There was some wonderful lead-up play there as well. He was really good, Tom. I think by far the best player on the pitch.
0: Yeah, no doubt for me. And look, obviously the goal sort of guarantees his three points for me. But as I mentioned earlier, I thought his performance, not just from a football point of view, which he was very good, but just that mentality. I thought he was in a real battle. He had a tough game against Yeri Mina and Michael Keane. And I thought he just kept plugging away. And yeah, I thought he was fantastic. So I think an easy three points for Cavani there. Now, Can I
1: say, yeah. I have copped Dogs Abuse for giving Martial two
0: points last week? Yeah, well, I am. There are a lot of sort of big poc- boxing pay per views and UFC pay per views. But I would like to um, get my pre purchase in, if possible, if I could get you and Adam, one of the members of the Supporters Club and a um, good listener of the podcast. Um, get you two in a room to discuss Anthony Martial's season. I think mean, that would be... Yeah, I'll, I'll,
1: with... uh, I'll take him on with my football boots on, my stud sharpened, and then you'll know how that'll finish.
0: Um, yeah, but we'll definitely tune in. Um, that can be a pay-per-view option in the early um, 2021. But two points. Hard one. Now, I'm going to throw a name out there. I'll start the discussion. And we haven't mentioned him yet in this podcast. I don't think anyone will agree with me, so I'll get your thoughts on it. Emmanuel Madic, I thought... Just the base of way the way we wanted to control the game and dominate. I thought he was crucial. He allowed Pogba, Bruno, Van der Beek to go. And I'd, usually when you let those players go, there is a risk. You see against Leeds, Leeds just went at us 100%. Then when they lost the ball, there was nothing. Today, I thought we'll go in 100%. However, we had that safety with Nemanja Matic. Both when the ball came out to recirculate it, or if Everton had the ball, he was breaking the play up quite well, so... I just want to throw a shout in there. Maybe not for the two points, but he's definitely within um, a two-point or one-point for me. Your thoughts on Matic?
1: Wonderful shout. I thought he played really well. I think... Matic is similar to Carrick in the respect, I think Carrick probably, well not probably, Carrick offered more with the ball. But he's that sort of player where you don't notice him, and I mean that with all due respect. Carrick got dog's abuse for being average and playing sideways football. But the reality is, Carrick was so effective at his job that you didn't even notice that he was there. And Nemanja Matic, when he plays well, I feel like you get a a similar gist or a similar vibe. Um, I thought he played really well. I think for the two points, I was actually probably thinking further up the pitch. I thought, I actually thought Bruno played really well today. I, re- I really did. So I was, I was actually thinking uh, the Portuguese for the two points. But Nemanja wouldn't be a bad shout. I think we need to give credit to those players who do the dirty work. And if you want to feel generous and give the two points as a nice Christmas present to the Serbian time, no arguments from me.
0: Yeah, look, I I think I will. I did sort of really focus on his performance. I did watch the match. I didn't get up to watch it live. Obviously, I don't have Foxtel anymore, so I watched the replay on MUTV over lunchtime. I really sort of focused on Matic's performance because I have been calling for him to come in over recent weeks. And as you say, maybe to a lot of people, he did go unnoticed. But if you actually sit back and just watch, I think it truly did allow the likes of Pogba and Bruno to go forward. So I would opt for two points for Matic. And you just mentioned Bruno for one. I was just going through the Facebook comments. I don't think anyone put Bruno in his points, but I put him alongside, uh, maybe not a discussion regarding points, but what do you think of Pogba and Bruno lately? They're they're playing both very well, but they're not playing sort of 10 out of 10. They're just keeping it very simple, and that is starting to complement each other. I've always said I've got concerns over them playing together, but they are playing quite, I wouldn't say reserved in a bad way, but... Do you know what I mean? Do you get that feeling that they're both quite... Not going under the radar, but they're just sort of doing the basics right and it's, it's sort of helping. They're not curling it into the top corner, but I think they're both playing quite well.
1: Yeah, I think both players are actually complementing the system better, um, and we've seen that upturning goals as a result. United overall, their attack has really improved um, over maybe the last two weeks or so. I know we've been going behind, but if you actually look at our attacking and, and our patterns of play, thought it's looked a lot better, and both players have really simplified their game, but that's all we need, Tom. Like We have enough brilliance in Rashford, Martial, wonderful dribblers of the ball. You've got Greenwood, who's such a natural finisher. You've got even the likes of Dan James, who, yes, he has his limitations, but you saw against Leeds when you can just play a simple ball and give him space, he can be really effective in the, in the, right, in the right game where he does get the ability to get onto the ball. So all Pogba and Bruno really need to do is just do what they do well. There's no need for them to be, you know, maybe when we're chasing a game, but... And that's been the criticism of Bruno, hasn't it? It's been... He's so good, but he can frustrate you when it's not happening because he's trying to... Almost trying too hard. I'm with you. I think both players... I think we need to look at the system. I don't like Pogba out wide with no one in front of him. I think he's... One of his greatest strengths is passing. So when he's playing out wide with no winger to pass to, you're almost taking something away from his game. But
0: I'm with you. I think both have been really effective. Do you think there's a case for... We've just sort of lauded how good we played and sort of how exciting it was to watch and talked about all the attacking players. Is there a case for the last point to be for one of the defenders? I was the axels coming out of nowhere. Bailly came in and ideally that's what you want from Bailly. That, That was fantastic. I thought he was very good. Him and Maguire both played well. I think if one was to shade at the performance... would probably be Eric Bay, however, we do have to caveat that with knowing that, well, can we rely on that next week? Very likely not. But forget what sort of we expect from Eric Bay in the future on today's performance. I thought he was almost brilliant.
1: I'm with you. And you know what, I've I've given all the praise to Bruno but uh, I'm with you for Baye getting the one point. At the end of the day, it was a clean sheet against a good team. And Everton did have opportunities, particularly in that toward the second half of the first half. Um, so, yeah, Baye played really well. A few last-ditch tackles there. And, man, bay frustrates the hell out of me, Tom, because if he found consistency in terms of ability, there's no doubt about it for me. He's better than Lindelof. But Lindelof's just that bit more reliable. He doesn't have the injury record Baye has. and for his flaws, he's a lot more consistent. Baye can give you eight, nine out of ten performances like he did today, but he can also give you the games like we saw against Tottenham, and, and that's the problem with him. But on today's performance, I'm with you at one point.
0: I think that is where you see the frustration with Eric is because, and we'll give him the one point. But you see that, and pretend that was an opposition player. Say that's coming into January. And we're linked with Eric Bay, who's currently playing in La Liga. And we watched that performance by that player. We're thinking, yep, sign him up, 60, 70 million, spend what it costs. Because you, you can see what he does, what he is capable of. However, we have the evidence over plenty of years he's capable of that. But then he'll be six months on the sidelines. So, and that, that is a thing. I remember the stat came out during the week that Harry, no footballer has played more than Harry Maguire uh, in, in minutes throughout the year. And people say, oh, he shouldn't be playing or he should be playing. But that's not, not the issue. A very key attribute to a player is how often they stay fit and Harry Maguire doesn't get injured and that is a huge attribute to have and Eric Bay just simply doesn't have that. So um, we will be very generous to Bay and he was good on the 90 minutes so we will give him the one point and look, we do need to go and invest in January with a defender. Um, Hopefully we do. And I'm not saying Eric Bay is a new sign and of course he isn't because we can't rely on him but if worse comes to worse and Eric Bay does stay fit if he does stay fit um, it is not the worst thing if he can find himself uh, working his way into that back four. But we will go on to um, quickly the Facebook comments. Um, George goes, I'll go just through the three, two, ones. George has gone three points Cavani, two for two, one Zabi, and one point for Paul Pogba. Um, Dave Knight on Facebook, three Cavani, two for Baye, and one for Pogba as well. Emma goes three for Cavani, obviously, two for Matic, and one for either Maguire or Eric Baye. Uh, Rob goes three for Cavani, two for Pogba, and one point is hard, so he'll give it to Zabi. And Adam from the Sports Club goes three points to Cavani, two for Maguire, and also one point for Axel Zabi. And Ahmed on Twitter says, we've drawn City in the semi-final. Oli is going to school everyone on his way to his first trophy at United. He's got the three points for Pogba, two for Cavani, one for Maguire. Great performance, should have killed them off in the first half, made life difficult for ourselves. At times, and completely agree, but that is the way of Manchester United. We do not do it. Lots easy. of love for Pogba this week. Look, I just think, yeah, it's crazy how it's crazy how United fans turn and we're, we're the same. we flip flopping. We've said get out of the club, and then you say he puts in a performance, and you think, well, there is a future for him. And you see the way he does interact with Solskjaer. There obviously is a respect and a relationship with there. I think it will be a huge sort of feather in Solskjaer's management cap if, let's say, Paul Pogba, which we both agree his future lies away from United next season, if he can get performances out of him for the next six months, that would be huge. And not only huge for Solskjaer, but more importantly, huge for Man United, because if Paul Pogba continues his form, again, a big if, but if he does, we could have a successful season. So I think Solskjaer is handling the Pogba situation um, as well as he possibly can, because we've been sitting here saying, Get rid of Pogba, sell him, there's no point in being here if he doesn't want to be here. And that might very mm-hmm. well be the case, but Solskjaer is getting performances out of him in that situation. So um, I think Solskjaer deserves a lot of credit for the way we're, um, we're dealing with Paul Pogba on the pitch. But yeah, we'll said. on to, we obviously got Man City in the semi final. Your thoughts on the. It obviously is a one-leg. I think the match is actually at Old Trafford. That's right, yeah. I thought leg. it was going to be at, maybe at Wembley, but one-leg at Old Trafford. Um, the other leg is obviously Jose Mourinho has already booked his ticket to Wembley. They are through against Brentford. Um, but as I said at the start, Jose Mourinho loves the League Cup. Pretty much has one foot in the final. Pep Guardiola does love the League Cup as well. But your thoughts going into the semi-final? Uh, ugh, punish
1: the man for being confident, but... I am. I really am. United are playing really well. Manchester City are well off the boil. This game would have had me worried. And you know what? It's almost redemption time for Solskjaer. If you think back to this time last season, it's almost a repeat, isn't it? It's the semi-final yeah. against Manchester City in the League Cup. So it's it's Solskjaer's time. United are playing the best football we've seen post-Fergie, in my opinion. It's consistent. Our league position shows that we're going in the right direction There's been progress. Now, we've had our criticism of Solskjaer, but it's a wonderful opportunity. The other thing that's happened under Solskjaer is we haven't managed to break that shackle of getting beyond the semi-final. I think that needs to happen this season. And this is a wonderful opportunity to do it. I don't think you're going to face a Manchester City side this week with this level of inconsistencies for a while. Um, So I think you have to take the opportunity while it's there. The League Cup is there to be won. We have to get past Manchester City, and I think
0: we can. Well, as I say, it sets up an absolute... Hopefully sets up an absolute blockbuster against um, Jose Mourinho. Could you imagine that? Mourinho against United in a cup final. I think that would be um, good. Speaking of of sort of those pay-per-view blockbusters and speaking of pay-per-view, obviously on the theme, Boxing Day football is the next game. Um, Huge, huge game for United. Second v. third. Whatever the situation... I've always said um, last week and the week before, going into this Leicester match, it's not a defeatist attitude. I would gladly take a draw. If you give me a draw now, I would 100% take take it because that keeps us in a position where second, line of ladder is still in our hands, regardless of what happens at any other game. So, just your thoughts going into it in terms of where we sit on the table because we are obviously in third at the moment, Leicester above us, but we do have a game in hand on them. Just your thought going into, like I said at the start of the podcast, is it a game that actually suits us, sort of away from home against a good team that's going to attack? Absolutely,
1: it does. It plays right into United's hands. Um, look, the issue here is Bamford, with all due respect, is no Jamie Vardy. You give Vardy space and an opportunity, he will finish. He is a clinical finisher. I don't think he's an... you know He's not an elite footballer in terms of his whole... well He's not well-rounded in terms of his entire game, but you have to say, under Brendan Rodgers, he, he has improved. Um, and, and he is a lethal finisher. If we do give him space... He can punish us. In saying that Manchester United's record against against Leicester is really convincing. Um we haven't lost to them in a in a solid while. In fact, I'm almost and confident in saying was the last time we lost to them when we capitulated against Louis Van Hal. I don't recall the last time we lost to Leicester City. So I could be wrong on that. But nonetheless, United do have a good record. I think we're the form team. Leicester are a good side. I'd love the win, but I think a draw isn't the worst result. If you consider it's away from home, and considering we do have the game in hand as well, the key for United here is don't lose. Go to win for sure, but if you can get the draw, I think that's a good result.
0: Yeah, no, uh, completely agree there. Now, this is a Manchester United podcast, and, but it is a Christmas time. It's a time for giving. It's a time for joy. So we will spend a couple of minutes um, just remembering the good times, and we will have a bit of a talk about the big game for me this weekend. Um Arsenal v Chelsea. We're just going to talk about Arsenal for the sake of it because it is absolutely hilarious. I'm looking at it now. If Brighton and Burnley win their games this week, they go up because we're just assuming Arsenal are going to lose. So if Burnley win and Brighton win, Arsenal will slip down to 17th on the table. Just your thoughts on the current situation at Arsenal. All right, so... Look, it's
1: hilarious, okay? I want to start with that. I am absolutely loving Arsenal Fan TV. It is captivating television. If anyone is bored, just go to YouTube, type in AFTV and treat yourself with a bag of popcorn, some alcohol, and just tune in for the pure laughter. It is hilarious. In saying that, um, I am absolutely amazed Tata is still in a job. Like, I cannot... You want to criticize the Glazers. Imagine the Cronkies running your club goodness sake like they it tom it's literally relegation form they're in a relegation scrap sam allardyce is
0: bantering about their football club can it get any worse than that well you you say that and you talk about the relegation battle besides that in terms of arteta's security as manager forget that i thought it got bad under louis van Hal in some of his press conferences where he sort of pulled out stats and went about this possession stat or that possession stat Have you seen what Arteta's been saying in the press conferences about percentages? Oh, he's losing the plot. He's actually losing the plot. I I can't get my head around it. Like I can sit there and after I read everything two or three times, I can say, "Okay, I technically know what he means," but it's absolute nonsense. I I cannot get my head around him coming out in public. And there's no—he's been in England for a while, so it's—I don't think it's a lost in translation thing. He speaks English perfectly fine. Um, I'm absolutely baffled and. It just brings me back to those sort of dark days under Louis van Gaal, but it just seems 10 times worse because I'm looking at the table now. They've played 14 games, this in the league, 14 games, they've lost eight and only won four games.
1: Yeah, they're a shambles. Their last win came against Manchester United. Where can't believe we lost where Neither can I, and it just shows that at that time, United showed way too much respect. We really did. I feel if we went for it the way that we have the last two games... There's no doubt about it. We have them on toast. They're, defensively, they're a shambles. Rob Holding, I may, I, I'm ki- Phil Jones is double the player. Holding is. I'm not well, even joking. Well, they would Phil, kill tra- for tra- Phil, Phil Jones right He's now. Just
0: got the Eric Bayes about him. Yeah, you just can never rely on him. But- exactly.
1: Like they're they're a shambles. Tom, like, look. I love bantering Arsenal. If I'm being entirely honest, I don't want them to get relegated. I, I think it's a massive rivalry. They're a big club. It would actually be sad. But in saying that. I will enjoy the entire ride, and hopefully they can survive relegation on the last day.
0: Yeah, I think that's the ideal scenario. I think, look, at look they're not going to get relegated, but while it is funny to joke about it, I think the ideal thing is... Is it
1: really beyond the realms of possibility? Mate, look at them. They're, they're shocking. Yeah. And if they don't sack Arteta, it could get worse.
0: Oh, look, fingers crossed it does. But um, look, there, there is that saying um, that no one's too big to go down. Look, Manchester United have been relegated, so look... Yeah, as just say, I think the ideal scenario for me to keep sort of the comedy going in years to come, I think maybe maybe survive on the last day, maybe go into that last game needing a point and maybe they get it sort of thing. So just to sort of see that hope and sort of false hope that Arsenal fan TV does sort of spread throughout their fan base. But um, yeah, make sure... We'll, I think we might have an Arsenal section every podcast. Um, so tune in next week from the latest developments with Arteta and Arsenal. But just to finish the podcast, we'll go maybe sort of start an 11 sort of Ideas and A little bit of a prediction for the game against Leicester. Obviously David De Gea comes in. You'd assume, well, two ones have played well, but you'd assume Juan Bissaka would come back in. My guess is Luke Shaw would play at left back. As good as Eric Bay did, I think you'd be a smart betting man by saying Lindelof and Maguire at the back. Your thoughts on McFred coming back into the midfield, you'd assume?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Leicester. If there's one thing that they do well, it's a very functional midfield, and we're going to need the legs in there. So,
0: yeah, I think the McFred burger does definitely come back for this one. Well, if you're saying that comes in, which I completely agree, I expect, and I sort of almost I want to happen, if you're saying that, we're dropping Paul Pogba again for a massive match.
1: Well, that's the luxury we're in at the moment, and McTominay... Pff- Look, he's not he doesn't have the ability of a Paul Pogba, but you have to say, he, he can be quite attacking and box-to-box box when he wants to be. He showed that against Leeds, and the way that uh, Leicester play, it will play into McTominay and Fred's hands. I think this is the game for them. You want the legs in the midfield. I love Paul Pogba, but he just doesn't have that work rate about him. Um, and that's not a criticism, I think that's just his style as, as a player, um, but... When you're not able to adapt to different tactics and different oppositions and the way that they approach football matches, you end up on the bench.
0: Yeah, no, hard to argue there. And just interested now the front three because you look at this game, you look at the selection, it was very much a suggestion that, well, Martial and Rashford were on the bench, so they'll start against Leicester. And while Martial did come on and sort of get an assist and get a goal, it was fantastic. Cabani was also fantastic at centre-forward. We gave him man of the match and he had a huge goal as well. So, an interest in Does he start Cavani now, or does he use Cavani as an option off the bench and go with sort of maybe what he did have planned ahead of the Everton match of starting Martial against Leicester?
1: I think he goes Cavani off the bench. Um, he, he'll look to the Leeds game. Look, Martial played really well. I, I know he's a different player to Cavani, and of course, there's an argument to say, you know, the Uruguayan should start, but. Look, taking his age into account, he does have a suspension looming. I know that he is looking to challenge that, if I'm not mistaken. But I think while ever that issue is there, Solskjaer will want to stick with the continuity and he'll want to stick with the team which has been getting him success. So I think he'll go with the status quo. I, I imagine it'll be Martial up front, Rashford on the left. And dare I say it, I wouldn't be against him if he chose Dan James again.
0: It was interesting. I, I I was watching on the. I stayed offline this morning watching the match. So I didn't want to see the result on Twitter or Facebook, and I was just watching on MuTV. And they never really showed the bench. I don't think from what I saw, Dan James and Juan Mata both weren't on the bench. Did you have any memory of that? Oh, I couldn't recall. Mate, I, I was half asleep when I was making the post this morning. I, I got the score wrong. <laughs> I saw that, but I think that right hand side is so interesting. I think. The Dan James against Leeds was almost, not I wouldn't say an obvious selection, but everyone sort of completely understood it. Mason Greenwood has played here, so is he going to back up again and play straight away? One matter where, look, no hiding from the Fatomi Trent, I think he can play in any type of game. People say, oh, this game's too quick for him. This game won't suit him. I think he can play him in any game, but again, I'll be shocked if he, does, if he gets thrown in on the right hand side. I, think a, weird, yeah, not for I me. think a weird shout for this might be Van der Baek on the right hand side.
1: I see where you're coming from. Um, I think, though, that we are going to get space. I, I'd be going a Vanderbake if Leicester, if it was a KG affair, then I'd be with you. I think we'll just have to see how the game, game pans out. I imagine Leicester, particularly at home, will go with what's been successful for them this season, and that's playing on the front foot. I think it's going to be a similar game to Leeds. If it is a KG affair, I wouldn't be against what you're saying. I, I'd imagine Greenwood gets the nod on the right hand side. Um, but like I said, I wouldn't be against Stan James getting it. Um, and if Van Der there, I think he's got enough pace to complement the system. I, I just imagine he'll go with Greenwood. I think you want to go with a pacey front three to get Leicester because I think you can get at them. While they've been really good, um, I think that with our players in the sort of form that they're now in, um, there, there is opportunity to score some
0: goals here and put the game to bed fairly early. Yeah, No. well, it's going to be a fascinating game. As in, Look, it's going to be it. A- horrible for us to watch as United fans like when you watch Man United in a high pressure game you almost ask yourself why on earth do I why do I enjoy this like it's sort of horrible watching the pressure and the nerves that come with it but for a neutral I think this game is going to be a classic we, we said it with Leeds where when you say you expect goals it almost writes in the stars that it's going to be nil or draw however if we had eight goals I think this one with Leicester as well it's got goals written all over it and just hopefully we do end up on the right hand, the right side of that, but um it will be a great game, I think, and fingers crossed for the three points, but as I said, worst case scenario, I am not going to be crying over a draw. I think that will be quite a quite a good result for United, but um I don't know, Christmas is going to come before that game. Um, have you written a, written a Santa Claus yet?
1: um I have, but I think I'm on the naughty list
0: this year, so I I'm not expecting any gifts. Uh, did, but did you find where you can buy a PS5 for me? I think you said you're going to get a PlayStation 5 for my Christmas present. You know what, mate? I actually
1: have got a newer Christmas present, but it's not a PS5. Well under, well out of my budget, I should say.
0: Okay, well, stay tuned for um, the Boxing Day review, and you can. I'll, I can share with the listeners what you did get me for Christmas. Um, I haven't got you anything yet, but um, there is time. There is time. Um, still got a few hours till Christmas, but... On that, hopefully, all our listeners do have a very good Christmas, whether you're listening here in Australia or overseas. Um, maybe you listen to this over your Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner. And um, we will be back on Sunday, Australian time, or Monday, to discuss the huge game against Leicester and where we sit, and obviously um, the latest updates on Arsenal's relegation battle. But hopefully, everyone enjoyed the podcast. Uh, Make sure you subscribe in your podcast app, whether that be SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all that's on Google Podcasts now as well. Make sure you're following on all the social medias, UTD, Pubcast. You'll see it on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And other than that, again, hopefully everyone has a good Christmas to finish off what has been not the best year, but we're all getting through. Um, Yeah, have a good one, Larry, and we'll chat to you on Sunday. All right, cheers, mate. Cheers.